guys, welcome to Horror Hideout, our little hideaway from the real world, taking a dive into the spooky side. This podcast is going to be all things horror-related, movies, paranormal, a little true crime, pretty much all things that relate to the horror genre. So if spooky is your jam, then let's be friends. Welcome to Horror Hideout, I'm Kenzie, and I am all alone in today's episode. I'm kind of doing a little solo episode. I'm so happy though because Peyton's loving podcasting, which I thought I was going to have to bribe him into doing each episode, but lately he's the one who comes to me and he's like, let's do an episode tomorrow. Let's do it. I'm like, okay. So he will for sure be in the majority, but he works full time and I work part time from home. So I have a lot more free time on my hands. So I'll occasionally be doing some solo episodes every now and then, mainly story times and things that are a little harder to do together. But we have a lot of fun ideas coming up and I am very excited. For today's episode and another reason I'm doing this alone, my birthday is coming up on Saturday, April 23rd, but by the time I post this, my birthday has just passed. So I was trying to come up with a birthday inspired episode and I was going to do movies based around birthdays, but the only one I could think of was Happy Death Day. Oh, and Willy's Wonderland, which kind of is birthday. I mean, they celebrate birthdays and they sing that catchy little birthday song, but since I couldn't think of enough movies, I thought it'd be fun to do my top current favorite movies as of now. My favorites are constantly changing, with the exception of It and Us. I don't think those will ever leave my top favorites, but the rest are constantly changing, even movies that I rated lower than others. So I have the Letterboxd app. It's kind of like IMDb. But I am such a nerd because I like to keep track of what I'm watching and then see what I rate things. So I have a list of all the horror movies I watched last year and then one for this year. And I only put movies that I saw for the first time on these lists. But sometimes I hate rating things because that can change too. Like I could rate something a three and something else a four. And then down the road, I end up liking the three more than the four, if that makes any sense. But ratings are just hard because... With there being so many different subgenres, it's hard to compare some of the movies. They just aren't on the same playing field. But I came up with a list of movies that are my current favorites, and in honor of turning 31, I'm going to talk about my top 31 favorite movies as of now. And I thought it'd be fun to do this because it'd be fun to look back in like a year or several years and see what my current favorites were compared to down the road, especially with new movies coming out and then movies that are out that I haven't came across yet. So hopefully this will give you some new movie ideas, but let's jump right into it. Or as I would say, let's take a dive into the spooky side. (laughs) I'm so cheesy, but this is a lot of movies to talk about, so I'm going to get right to it. And besides the first two, these movies are in any particular order. So if you've been around for a while, you know my top favorite horror movie of all time, so this shouldn't come as a surprise, but it's it. The miniseries has a soft spot in my heart because it was my stepping stone into the horror genre, and I was so nervous for them to make a remake. It was one of those movies I didn't want to be remade because a lot of movies haven't lived up to the original, or they just over-sexualize it, they make it super gory, and they think that's all it takes to make an awesome horror movie. Well, that's not true, at least in my opinion. But I surprisingly love the newer adaptions, and I'm sure most people have seen it by now. But if you haven't, then who are you? Just kidding. But really, if you haven't seen this movie, please do yourself a favor and go watch it now. This one takes place in the summer of 1989, and a group of bullied kids band together to destroy a shape-shifting monster, which disguises itself as a clown and preys on the children of Derry, 
in their small town of Maine. I think a big reason besides this being like my stepping stone into horror that I love this movie so much, anything that takes childlike elements and turns them into horror, that stuff creeps me out. Like clowns freak me out, dolls, just anything that takes place around something that should be childlike and friendly and it's not super creepy. The actors in this were amazing and spot on, like they nailed it. Um, I got bored with part two on the miniseries, so I was kind of nervous with this one to see how the second part would play out in the newer films, but I loved both of them. I almost think I might have liked the second part better in the newer ones, but hands down, this will always be my favorite horror movie. I don't know if I should, like, count down numbers. Maybe I will. I'm going to say the numbers just so people are on the same page and you know where we're at, but number two would be Us, Jordan Peele's Us. This one is about the Wilson family who takes a vacation to Santa Cruz, California, and they plan on spending time with their friends and taking a break from life. And one day at the beach, their young son Jason almost wanders off, causing his mother Adelaide to become protective of her family. And that night, four mysterious people break into Adelaide's childhood home where they're staying, and the family's shocked to find out that the intruders look like them, only with grotesque appearances. I love Jordan Peele movies. He is on top of it when it comes to the horror genre and just has a unique approach with unique storylines. His movies kind of give me a similar feel to M. Night Shyamalan, which I totally just butchered his name, but whatever. But in my opinion, don't come at me. So much better. I love how his movies make you think and question everything. And he also puts a lot of hidden symbolism in his movies and it takes multiple watches to pick up on things. That's something I like about Us. It's like the first time you watch it, you go in blind, not knowing anything. And then once you know the big twist, you watch it a second time. And it's like a whole different viewing experience. And even now, I've seen the movie countless times, and I'm still picking up on new things. Such an amazing movie. Again, this is one that if you haven't seen, go watch it now. Now I've been anxiously waiting for Nope to come out. I cannot wait. And I'm even more pumped since we got the trailer just a few months ago. Number three is Ready or Not. This one's about Grace who just got married and on her wedding night, she has to play a game with her strange in-laws. She ends up picking hide and seek, but it's not the traditional version. In this game, she has to be hunted down by the family before sunrise. She has to outlast the night in order to survive. This one's a horror comedy thriller and they did such a great job with this one because the comedy doesn't overshadow the horror elements. Samara Weaving is a badass. She's one of my favorite final girls. I loved her ever since The Babysitter, which is another awesome horror comedy. And I love any movie that centers around a game or where people need to play a game in order to survive. That is my jam. So when I saw the trailer, I was sucked in. I'm like, yep, this is my kind of movie. It also stars Adam Brody, and he's one of my favorite characters in the OC and the movie Grind. Love him. Overall, a fun watch that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Moving on to number four, Don't Tell a Soul. This one is a little bit more of a crime thriller than a horror, but I know a lot of people have strong opinions on what's classified as horror. There are so many subgenres when it comes to it, and thriller is in that category. So when I make my movie list, I consider thrillers horror. So I'm sure there are exceptions out there, but this is just my opinion, and it's an awesome movie, so I'm including it. This one's about two brothers who steal money from a house that's being fumigated, and a nearby security officer ends up witnessing the crime, chases them down, and in the process falls into a deep hole in the ground. 
The older brother wants nothing to do with him and wants to leave him stranded to avoid possible consequences, but the younger brother feels guilty and is stuck in between doing the right thing or going against his brother and facing those negative consequences. This one stars Jack Dylan Grazier, and as you know, I'm a huge It fan, and Jack played Eddie in the newer movies and was one of my favorite characters, so of course as soon as I saw that he was in this, I was excited. Whenever I see anyone who played in It, I am like super pumped, so which most of them have done at least something in the genre following it. This one also stars Rain Wilson from The Office, who's Dwight Shrew. I think it's Shrew. I haven't watched The Office, but I like know of his character. Um, I didn't even recognize him at first, though. He looks so much like Mark Hamill in this movie. This one has so many twists, and I felt like I was on a roller coaster, and I got off, and I was just mind blown. I didn't know what to think. There are so many twists in this movie. It is a slower burn, which normally I'm not a fan of, but I was so invested in this story the entire time, and I highly recommend it. Number five is a classic, at least it's a classic to me, Child's Play 2. This one's about Andy, who had been placed in a foster home after the tragic events of the first movie, and since his mother was committed, in an attempt to save their reputation, the manufacturers of Chucky reconstruct the killer doll to prove to the public that nothing was wrong with it in the first place. In doing so, they also bring back the soul of serial killer Charles Lee Ray back to life as Chucky tries to locate Andy, the body count rises. I love this one so much more than the first. I'm gonna get hate for that. Actually, no, I think a lot of people like the second movie more than the first. The first is just a classic. It's the original. You have to give it some respect, but the second movie just hits so different. And we also get introduced to one of my favorite characters of all time in the Child's Play franchise, Kyle. She's played by Christine Elise, and I'm totally going to take a moment to nerd out, but I had a picture of Kyle and Chucky from the movie on my horror Instagram, and one day I kept getting several notifications from this post, and it was really weird because I posted it over a year ago. So finally, at the end of the night, I went to figure out what the heck was going on, and it turns out that Christine Elise had liked my picture. So of course, I freaked out, and then I saw that she had shared my post to her story, which made me freak out even more. Major fangirl moment. But I love her character. Another badass female in horror. Anyway, back to Child's Play 2. I love the friendship between Andy and Kyle and seeing Andy have someone on his side. And it's also so excited seeing them in the Chucky TV series. So I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Number six is Trick or Treat. Cannot go October without watching Trick or Treat. It just gets you in that Halloween mood. But this one is a horror anthology. It's about five interwoven stories that occur on the same block on the same night. A couple finds out what happens when they blow out a jack-o'-lantern out before midnight. A high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer. A college virgin might have met the right guy for her. A group of mean teens play a prank that they take too far. And a hermit is visited by a special trick-or-treater. I am such a sucker for horror anthologies. I love getting several different stories mixed into one movie. As long as it's done right, I've seen some that were just all over the place and it's distracting, but Trick or Treat did it so well. And then seeing how they sort of connect in the end. This is another one that mixes comedy in at the right moments and the comedy doesn't overshadow the horror elements. And we also get one of my all-time favorite horror icons, Sam aka the spirit of Halloween, you can either follow the rules and be on Sam's good side or break them and see his true self. Such a fun movie that always puts me in the Halloween mood. Number seven is Rent-A-Pal. 
This one takes place in 1990, and it's about a lonely bachelor named David, and he searches for an escape from a day-to-day life of caring for his aging mother. So he goes to this VHS dating service, and when that fails, he comes across a VHS VHS tape called Rent-A-Pal, where he meets the charming Andy. Things start out very innocent, and then they take a sinister turn as Andy tries to separate his real life from his newfound virtual friendship. This movie was so good, and I had no idea what to expect going in. The trailer was very vague, so I didn't fully know what the plot was about, and I didn't know if Andy was a real person or if it was going to be some supernatural route. But I sometimes love going into movies not knowing much or just knowing very little and getting to kind of figure out as I go. Trailers nowadays just give way too much of the plot away. So I think that's why I like this one so much. It reminds me of Dora the Explorer at times with the dialogue between David and Andy. You get that dialogue of Andy asking a question and then pausing enough for David to respond. And those parts were super funny, especially in the beginning. But it does take a super dark turn. And it also takes a dive into mental illness and gives you a little bit more perspective It goes to show how hard it is to comprehend, like, people's decisions when they aren't fully in control of their thinking, and it makes his decisions hard to understand, but that's really how it is. We never know what a person's going through. This one is really good. Number eight is Triangle. This one's about Jess, who sets out on a yacht trip with a group of friends, and she cannot shake the feeling that there's something wrong, and her suspicions are realized when the yacht hits a storm and the group is forced to board a passing ship a ship Jess is convinced that she's been on before. This movie will mess with your mind. It's one that really makes you think, and even when it ends, you're still trying to piece together things and come up with a conclusion, but it's not one of those where it's so open that you're left wondering about the ending. It's just one that you have to think about for a bit, and then once you connect all the dots, it all makes sense. It's a mind bender and it will keep you guessing what's next. And this one has Liam Hemsworth, which I've only seen him in the last song. So it was cool seeing him in a different role. Super crazy movie. Moving on to number nine, The Haunting in Connecticut. This one's about the Campbell family who moves to upstate Connecticut where their sick son is closer to his chemo treatments. And then they soon learn that their charming Victorian home has a disturbing history Not only was the house a transformed funeral parlor where inconceivable acts occurred, but the owner's son Jonah served as a demonic messenger, providing a gateway for spiritual entities to cross over. This is another one of those movies that have been one of my favorites since I saw it back in 2009. Hands down, one of my most favorite supernatural movies. It has a unique take on the haunted house genre, and there's also a lot of very disturbing scenes and images that just stick with you. I love Kyle Gallner and Amanda Crew, and they did such an amazing job in this movie. I saw it back in high school, and I was such a wimp back then. Even though I loved horror, I was a lot more easily scared back then, so this movie kept me up at night. Number 10 is Stay Alive. This one takes place after the mysterious, brutal death of an old friend. A group of teenagers find themselves in possession of Stay Alive, which is an ultra-realistic 3D video game based on the spine-chilling true story of a 17th-century noblewoman known as the Blood Countess. The gamers don't know anything about the game other than that they're not supposed to have it, and they're dying to play it. Not able to resist temptation, the kids begin to play the game, but soon make a chilling connection. They are each being murdered one by one in the same way as the characters they played in the game. 
As the line between the game world and the real world disappear, the teens must find a way to defeat the vicious blood countess while trying to stay alive. I have also loved this movie ever since it came out. This one is so underrated and it deserves so much more love. Like I said, I'm a sucker for any movie that centers around a game being played especially when it's a video game. This is another one that really freaked me out in the past, also because I have always been terrified of like Bloody Mary and the blood countess kind of gives me that vibe. This one has a lot of well-known actors, like you have Frankie Muniz, Sophia Bush, Jimmy Simpson, and more. But I would love to see this turn into a modern game. Not only am I a horror nerd, but I'm also a gamer nerd, so I think it'd be so fun. Number 11 is Saw 2. When a new murder victim is discovered with all the signs of Jigsaw's hand, Detective Eric Matthews begins a full investigation and apprehends Jigsaw with little effort. But for Jigsaw, getting caught is just another part of his plan. Eight more of his victims are already fighting for their lives, and now it's time for Matthews to join the game. Bum, bum, bum. Just kidding. I don't know what it is about sequels being my favorite over the first movie. Just like Child's Play, love Child's Play 2 more. Saw, I love Saw 2. But I think I liked it because of the fact that there were several storylines happening in one movie. So it kind of broke things up. And I also like seeing more characters involved in the traps and having to work together to figure things out. I like the house concept and having it be full of different traps because you never know what was around the corner. And then having Detective Matthews in the mix and getting like dialogue between him and John Kramer. Number 12 is Come Play. This one's about a lonely young boy who feels different from everyone else. He's nonverbal and communicates through his tablet. One day he comes across a story on his device about a lonely creature named Larry who just wants a friend. And as he gets deeper into the story, the line between Larry's world and ours becomes blurred and his parents must find a way to save their son from the monster beyond the screen. I loved how they incorporated technology into this movie. The way that Larry could tap into different things and make himself known was so scary, especially since we live in a world that is so heavily focused on technology. It's almost like you're not safe wherever you go. This kind of gave me Babadook vibes, but so much better. And I also like that we don't get to see the creature too much because sometimes movies do that and it takes away from the mystery or like the image you create in your head. This one was so good though. It kind of like takes that childlike element of a story and makes it sinister, which is my jam. Next up is number 13 and it's Antlers. This one's about a young teacher who discovers that her troubled student's father and younger brother harbor a deadly supernatural secret. Taking the boy into her care, the teacher must fight for their survival against horrors beyond imagination. I've talked about this movie in two different episodes. Actually, one is coming up next week, so me and Peyton will talk a little bit more in depth about it. And one was during my Wendigo episode, so I won't talk too much about it. But this movie centers around the Wendigo legend, and it was so good. But I've heard so many mixed reviews. More on the negative side, but I really enjoyed it. It was a slow burn, so I think that's why it gets some hate. But once it gets going, it's very intense. Any story that takes place in the woods freaks me out. Skinwalkers, Wendigo, Bigfoot, anything creature-like in the woods is so scary. It's just like the fear of the unknown, what's out there. Number 14 is a classic, Candyman. I'm talking about the 1992 original Candyman. I watched this for the first time at the end of last year and I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Sometimes it's harder for me to watch some of the older classics, especially the slashers because they're just my least favorite subgenre, 
but I love the supernatural elements that they added, especially since it took place centered around mirrors, and mirrors freak me out. I'm sure a lot of people have a a fear of them, but I'm very superstitious, so movies like this that have a legend that can be summoned through like a portal, like a mirror, something that's in our world, and saying something so many times, that's just so scary to me, so you will not catch me saying his name five times. This one's about the Candyman, and he's a murderous soul with a hook for a hand and is accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic grad student researching the monster's myth. This was also a slow burn, but I feel like that's what made it so amazing. It wasn't just like a hack and slash movie. It almost had like an artsy vibe, but the buildup really added to the story. I was sucked in the entire time, and I really loved Virginia Madison. She's also in Haunting in Connecticut, which I just talked about, but she was amazing. And I wasn't a big fan of the newer Candyman. Like, it was good, but it just didn't live up to this one. But I do respect the fact that they continued the story and didn't just try to remake it. And as I talk about this, I literally have a mirror like right on the side of me. So we are going to move on to number 15, Cargo. This one takes place after being infected in the wake of a violent pandemic and with only 48 hours to live, a father struggles to find a new home for his baby daughter. If you're into zombie movies, you will really like this. So amazing. And I'm not a big fan of zombie movies. But I like that they took a different approach with the zombie genre. Not only was it about trying to survive in a world of the infected, but a guy struggling to survive long enough to find his daughter a safe home while going through the process of turning himself. This movie pulls at your heartstrings and I was bawling by the end. I'm pretty sure Peyton shed a tear too as well. And if he was here right now, he would totally object to that. But he's a softie. So freaking good. Number 16 is House of a Thousand Corpses. This one's about two teenage couples traveling across the backwoods of Texas. They're searching for urban legends of serial killers, and they end up imprisoned by a bizarre and sadistic backwater family of serial killers. I know Rob Zombie is a little intense for some people, and he tends to over-sexualize his movies, add a lot of gore, and is a little out there, but I am such a sucker for his movies. Even his Halloween remakes, I saw those before I ever saw the original Halloween, so I really liked his take on it. Although, like I said, he is a little on the extreme side. I loved House of a Thousand Corpses, though. We also get one of my all-time favorite horror icons, Captain Spaulding. He cracked me up the entire time. Sid Haig nailed this character, and I couldn't imagine anyone else playing him. But sadly, he passed away a few years ago. But he will forever be iconic. This movie is crazy and it's a wild ride and plus the location and atmosphere of Rob Zombie's movies just adds an extra eerie vibe that isolated out in the boonies with psycho hillbillies is just so unsettling. This is definitely not everybody's cup of tea for a movie but I loved it. Number 17 is Disturbia. This is another one that's been on my favorites since it came out. I've always been a huge Shia LaBeouf fan And I've loved everything he's been in, so of course I had to include this on my favorites. This one's about Kale, who's a 17-year-old placed under house arrest after punching his teacher. And he's confined to his house and decides to use his free time spying on his neighbors. And then things start to get weird when guests enter the Turner's house and don't come back out. So Kel and his friends, Ronnie and Ashley, start to grow more and more interested in what is actually happening within the house of Robert Turner. This is a fun spin on home invasion movies. It kind of flips it around and instead of the protagonist being invaded, they're invading the neighbor's privacy. 
and another good mix of comedy and horror elements. Shia is just naturally so funny, so it just mixed very well. This movie keeps you on the edge, and especially adding that extra element of him being on house arrest and having an ankle monitor so it's just harder for him to escape just adds an extra claustrophobic vibe. Number 18 is The Collection, another movie that I enjoyed the sequel more than the first in the series, but if you haven't seen The Collector, then go watch that one first. But this one's about Arkin, who escapes with his life from The Collector during an entrapment party, where he adds Elena to his collection, and instead of recovering from the trauma, Arkin is suddenly abducted from the hospital by mercenaries hired by Elena's wealthy father, and Arkin's blackmailed to team up with the mercenaries and track down the collector's booby-trapped warehouse and save Elena. This one reminds me a lot of Saw, and it's probably one of the most comparable movies if you like the Saw franchise and you're wanting something similar. Uh, the beginning of this movie is very brutal, the way things pan out and how Elena's captured. It's like a new fear unlocked. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. The whole club scene... This kind of goes back to Saw 2 and how I love that it took place in a booby-trapped house. This movie is the same way. They just never know what to expect around the corner, and it constantly leaves you on edge. If you like Saw, for sure check this out, but go watch The Collector first. But I am so bummed too because a third movie called The Collected was in the works, and I just found out from a friend that it's been canceled, so I'm not sure why, but I'm so bummed. I've been excited for that for years. They've been talking about it for a while, but who knows, maybe it will come back and end up happening later. Number 19 is Tao, and if you're into science fiction movies, then this will be your jam. It's about a girl that's held captive in a futuristic smart house, and she hopes to escape by befriending the AI program that controls the house. So basically take Pat from Disney movie Smart House and turn it into a horror movie and you have Tao. Okay, maybe just a little bit, but I like that the movie is centered more around an AI program than just like a human villain. Even though we get that too, it's more focused on the house. And I don't want to give anything away, so it's kind of hard to talk about, but I highly recommend this one. It is more of a thriller than horror, but it does have horror-like elements, especially in the beginning. Number 20 is The Green Inferno. This movie is so disturbing, so I feel a little bit morbid putting it on my favorites list, but I think that I liked it so much because it really sucks you into the story and it holds your attention, and also the fact that this legit could happen. That just makes it extra terrifying. This one's about a group of student activists that travel from New York City to the Amazon to save the rainforest. However, once they arrive in this green landscape, they soon discover that they are not alone and that no deed goes unpunished. Basically, their plane crashes in the middle of the Amazon and they're abducted by a cannibalistic native tribe who think that the students are up to no good. Holy crap, this movie is insane. I can handle gore, but for some reason, this gore was just different. I think it's the fact that it's a lot more realistic, and there was one scene that had me so sick to my stomach. If you don't do well with gore, you probably should skip out on this one. Number 21 is The Invisible Man. I loved this movie. I'm pretty sure this was the last movie that I saw in theaters before movie theaters shut down. This one's about Cecilia, whose abusive ex takes his own life after she escapes and he ends up leaving her his fortune. She suspects his death was a hoax and as a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by someone that nobody can see. I was so invested in this movie from the very start. 
Elizabeth Moss is such an amazing actress. You could feel every emotion she felt throughout the entire movie. And it was also fun seeing Oliver Jackson Cohen in a movie after loving his character in Haunting of Hill House. They did so well with this movie and making it feel realistic. And I love the paint can scene. I love the entire hospital showdown scene. And I love the ending. So if you haven't seen this, definitely go watch it as soon as possible. Number 22 is Haunt. This one's about a group of friends on Halloween night that go to an extreme haunted house attraction. It promises to feed on their darkest fears, and the night turns deadly as they come to the horrifying re realization that some nightmares are real. I love going to haunted houses in October, and I love being with a group of friends and getting scared and laughing at how ridiculous we sound. Also, I have so many funny memories from haunted houses, so I just love them. Um, I love movies that take place in this type of location too, where they think it's like an innocent attraction that they're going to and then it turns dark. Like I said, movies about games or movies where they have to try to escape are my jam. So I love this one and it also had a lot of clowns, which is also my jam. Number 23 is The Cabin in the Woods and I can't leave this one out. This is about five college friends that spend the weekend at a remote cabin in the woods where they get more than they bargained for. Together they must discover the truth behind the cabin in the woods. This is one of those movies where the trailer doesn't give away anything and I appreciate that. I thought I was going to watch one movie and then halfway through it flips into a whole different movie and I had no idea going into it that it was a horror comedy, but I was pleasantly surprised. I want more of these. Like I talked about this in my last episode. I want a whole series on this, different objects being picked, different villains that people have to survive. And I really loved Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford in this. They had me cracking up. I loved them together. Number 24 is The Village. This one's about a willful young man who tries to venture beyond his Pennsylvania homeland and his actions set off a chain of chilling incidences that will alter the community forever. I tried watching this back when I was in junior high and my friends made it sound like it was the scariest movie in the world so they like talked me up and worked me up to it so when we watched it I was laughing the entire time at how scared they were and they ended up getting really annoyed so they just turned it off but I wasn't very invested in it, if you couldn't tell. So fast forward to a few months ago, me and Peyton decided to watch it, and he'd seen it before, but I hadn't. I mean, I kinda had, but I like knew of the twist, but I really liked it this time, and I think I just had a better appreciation for movies than I did back then. Back then, I just wanted to watch something that was like visually disturbing, that would scare me, and now I like that more psychological movie, kind of like this, that just makes you question everything. This one is such a good movie, and it's probably, in my opinion, M. Night Shyamalan's best movie besides The Sixth Sense. Number 25 is 1BR. This one's about Sarah, who ends up finding a sweet one-bedroom apartment in Los Angeles, and she thinks she's hit the jackpot. It's got plenty of space, friendly tenants, group barbecues, and even a cute neighbor. Then things take a turn when loud noises start keeping her awake at night, her cat goes missing, and everyone seems to be a little too helpful and a little too friendly. Except for the weirdo Lester. Soon Sarah learns she didn't choose the apartment, it chose her. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, I have, I have to throw that in every once in a while, <laughs> especially with Peyton not being here. But if you like movies where people are trapped 
and have to try to escape, then you'll like this one. I don't want to go into too much detail because it's better just to find out as you go, but this is such a crazy movie that will mess with your mind. Number 26 is The Babysitter, another Samara Weaving movie. I'm pretty sure this was the first movie I seen her in, and I love her. She played such a convincing role. This one's about Cole who stays up past his bedtime and he discovers that his hot babysitter is part of a satanic cult that will stop at nothing to keep him quiet. This is a good coming of age movie and I love the cheesiness it brought, which usually I don't like that even in horror comedies. Sometimes the cheese kind of takes away from it, but this did it perfectly. This one also has a lot of familiar actors and if you want something fun to watch that also has a sequel that's just as good, totally check this one out. Number 27, we're getting there, guys, Insidious Chapter 2. Okay, I know I've said this several times, but I don't know what it is about sequels being my favorite. I like this one better than the first part, but then at the same time, it is chapters two, so they kind of go together, so it's more like a long split-up movie, but I like this half a lot better. This one picks up right where the first one left off, and the Lambert family believes that they have defeated the spirits that haunted their family, but soon realize they may still be stuck in the same situation but worse. I love this franchise. It's such a unique story and the fact that you could get stuck in a sleep state and be lost in a different dimension is so freaky, especially because I suffer from sleep paralysis, so this stuff is my worst fear. But I'm excited that we're getting another Insidious that will follow Dalton's character and touch more on the story years after the initial haunting. Number 28 is Get Out. I couldn't leave a Jordan Peele movie off the list, so this one's about Chris and his girlfriend Rose who go upstate to visit her parents for the weekend. And at first, Chris reads the family's overly accommodating behavior as nervous attempts to deal with their daughter's interracial relationship. But as the weekend progresses, a series of increasingly disturbing discoveries lead him to a truth that he could never have imagined. I love movies that make you think and just question everything and everyone, and this was 100% that. I love connecting the dots and then learning the twist, and it left me mind blown, pun intended. (laughs) Daniel Kaluuya was amazing, and I'm so excited to see him in Peele's new movie, Nope. Number 29 is Follow Me. This one's about a social media personality who travels with his friends to Moscow to capture new content for his successful vlog. Always pushing the limits and catering to a growing audience, they enter a cold world of mystery, excess, and danger. When the lines between real life and social media are blurred, the group must fight to escape and survive. I love movies like this where they have to try to find a way to escape and the fact that it was set in like an escape room type thing so it has that game element just made this such a fun watch. This one was really intense too, especially having it set in a different country with language barriers. It just adds that isolated vibe and the ending of this movie is insane. Number 30 is Train to Busan. This one takes place with martial law is declared when a mysterious viral outbreak pushes Korea into a state of emergency. Those on an express train to Busan, a city that has successfully fended off the viral outbreak, must fight for their own survival. This one is intense. Not only is it about people trying to get away from an outbreak and people turning into zombies, you have that added element of being trapped in a small space. The outbreak hits the train, and the few who are unaffected have to fight for survival to make it to safety. I usually shy away from foreign films just because I hate reading subtitles. I feel like ever since I had kids, my vision is crap when it comes to reading off the TV, so it just makes it hard. Which foreign films are so good. 
And so we usually watch English dubbed versions, but I didn't know they had one on Tubi before we watched it. But I'm actually happy about that because I feel like sometimes with subtitles, it takes away from the story and like the emotion from the actor because they kind of add like a cheesy dub over it that just doesn't go together. But I like this one because you could actually feel the actor's emotions through their own dialogue. This movie made me so mad and sad and anxiety high. All the emotions, highly recommend this. And last but certainly not least, number 31, Scream. I'm sure most people have seen this, but if not, it's about a killer known as Ghostface who begins killing off teenagers and as the body count begins rising, one girl and her friends find themselves contemplating the rules of horror films as they find themselves living in a real life one. Okay, this is going to make me sound and look really bad and have you questioning if I'm really a horror fan, but I just barely watched Scream for the first time a few months ago. I am such a slacker with all the original horror slashers, but like I said, I'm not the biggest slasher fan, so it never really appealed to me, but I finally watched it and I loved it. I love that it's basically just making fun of the horror genre and the cliche tropes, and it also has an awesome cast, but I definitely need to go watch the other three movies now. And we have made it to the end. If you made it this far, you are the true MVP because that was a long list. But this was actually a lot harder than I thought it would be. There are so many good movies out there. And since I'm a nerd and I keep track of what I've watched, I've watched 118 new for me horror movies since last June or July, so it was really hard to narrow down from those and from my older favorites, but hopefully this will give you some new movies to watch that you haven't seen or just remind you of movies that you may have forgotten. Me and Peyton also have another horror movie recommendation episode coming out next week. We set a goal to watch half a year's worth of new horror movie watches this year, and so every 10th movie we're going to do a recap, so hopefully that will give you even more movie ideas. I just love sharing what we watch because there are so many hidden gems and so many underrated movies out there that just deserve so much more love. And it's just fun to share any recommendations. I also love getting recommendations, so feel free to send them my way. I'll have a post for the episode over on my Instagram at horror underscore hideout 91. I'll also have that in the bio or like the description of this episode. And I'll have all these movies on there and where to find them. So head over there so you can find where to stream them and feel free to leave me some movie recommendations. But thanks so much for listening and letting me nerd out about movies on my birthday. So yeah, as Peyton would say, let's cue that outro music. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I'll be posting new episodes every Tuesday, so be prepared for more creepy content. Thanks again for listening and stay spooky, friends. 